Hi, and welcome to the VR Gaming Podcast, a podcast and commentary about VR gaming, VR news, VR hardware, and VR reviews. I'm your host, Nick Lane. All right, well, as per usual, we've got news, we've got reviews, but uh, as I said before, this is an amazing time in VR. This has been an amazing year for VR, so the VR news is huge, as I'm sure you guys are well aware. Um, And in terms of reviews... I'm going to be covering four games. That's right, four games, the most reviews I've ever done in a podcast. And they are going to be The Promised Asgard's Wrath, Pistol Whip, and then two other games that maybe you're not familiar with. Obviously, the first two were very big. Uh, The other two games I'm going to cover are Panoptic and Fast and Low. Both of those are asymmetrical games, meaning one person can play on the PC in the same room, on the same PC as the person who is in VR and has the VR headset attached to that PC. So it's pretty cool. I fig- I, I played these games over um, the Thanksgiving break, and with Christmas coming up, you're probably going to be seeing family again. So I figured I would review these games and give you guys a heads up about that. So, uh, But without further ado, let's get to the big news, which, again, how do you not know this, but Half-Life Alex was revealed a couple weeks ago. This is the long-awaited game long-awaited VR game uh, that Valve has promised us. Now, we didn't know for sure that it was Half-Life, or it could have been Portal, or it could have been uh, Left 4 Dead, or maybe another game. But uh, as we discussed in the last episode, there there was strong indication uh, that it was going to be a Half-Life prequel. Uh, Valve News Network and Tyler McVicker nailed it, and it is indeed going to be a prequel to Half-Life 2. It's called Half-Life Alex. You're going to be Alex. Um, so you're not Gordon Freeman, but you're, you're Alex. And, and obviously you're familiar with Alex if you're familiar with the series. Um, this is this is amazing. This is what uh, we've been waiting for. And I think Valve did a uh, uh, made a good decision having it Half-Life because Half-Life is their flagship game. Um, and it's garnered so much attention with that release. So it, the good news with this is that it's not just sort of this uh, VR afterthought. It is a uh, f- game that has been developed for VR. They've worked on this for three years, and it's going to be as long as the uh, original Half-Life 2. So, you know, we're looking maybe like 15-hour game, which is fantastic. A game like this, 15 hours is a, a great spot. Anything like 12 to 15, I'd say is a sweet spot for like a first person style shooter um there's not going to be a pancake version of this game so there have been a lot of tears online from uh vr haters and to me vr haters are people who number one haven't really tried vr i mean hands down anytime somebody says they hate vr you can put money on the fact that it's probably probably because they've never really tried it or they tried gear vr or some janky ass uh VR thing, right? They haven't tried uh, the Valve Index. They haven't tried the Rift S, right? They haven't tried Windows Mixed Reality, or they can't afford it. And usually, when people can't afford it, they'll they'll say price. So uh, it, it's kind of funny. I got into kind of a little internet argument with a friend of a friend via Facebook. This person said that uh, VR sucks and it's lame when they announced it for 
uh, Half-Life VR. And my, my first response is, let me guess, you haven't really spent much time in VR. And I was right. So there you go. There you have it. If you want to have some fun with people, I, I don't recommend getting into these debates and arguments. But uh, if you just want to reply to people, let me guess, you haven't really tried or spent much time in VR. There you go. And if they say they have, and you want to waste time in your life and get into these arguments and dig down deeper, then go ahead and ask them what headsets. And you'll find that they probably use Gear VR or some nonsense. So it's kind of fun. It's kind of funny, but it's also frustrating. Uh, you see a lot of the lines of people comparing uh, VR to 3D TVs, which is just whatever. Uh, again, these are people who have not spent any time in it. So I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm soaking up the tears of all the haters. It's hilarious watching them come out of the woodwork. Um, you know, I, I get what Valve's doing. Uh, they, they, they kind of talked about this in the an interview that you can find on YouTube. It's called The Final Hours of Half-Life Alex. I highly recommend watching that. You can get hear uh, interviews from the developers as they talk about making this game. Really interesting stuff. But, you, you know, imagine that you're Valve and you have this hit game, Half-Life 2. It comes out in 2004 and you've released some um, episodes, kind of add-ons, DLC um, over the course of a few years after the game came out. But you've got immense pressure to deliver Half-Life 3. So it sounds like they started it, they worked on it, or they've been afraid of working on Half-Life 3 just because how do you up the ante on one of the best games ever made? Well, VR. VR is 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 an answer to that. And from that interview, they, they talk about kind of creating this Half-Life VR demo, like the 15-minute kind of demo, sort of like the uh, the lab, right? And then they found that people who were in that game wanted to spend much longer in that game and were really enjoying it. And that evolved into uh, this this full-fledged game. And uh, I believe they have like a team of 50 people working on it for three years. So this is a AAA title. There's a lot in it. And uh, Gabe Newell had said that this has kind of re-energized the team. I mean, Valve's excited to be developing for this new hardware, which is VR. And I, and I get it. If you've got a company like Valve, right, that you, you have more money than you know what to do with, you're not beholden to shareholders, you can do whatever you want. You can experiment. You can be creative. You release games uh, when they're ready, when they're, they're polished. And you don't release a ton of games, but the games that you release are so damn good that you have a name for yourself. You're, you're Valve. You know you absolutely know Half-Life VR is going to be good. I know it's going to be good. Uh, I should have mentioned it's launching in, in March 2020. I know it's allegedly, right? There could be delays. I know it's going to be good because it's Valve, and they've got a lot riding on this right now, right? Like, they want to sell, and they made their index, and there's really no game right now that is for the index. So, uh, you know, Half-Life will be that game. Granted, Boneworks is coming out on December 10th, but... It's going to be Half-Life. This is the system seller, quote-unquote, or hardware seller, if you will, uh, that's going to move index units. And you know, paying attention online and, and like the Reddit and, and forums, you see a lot of people have started ordering the index because uh, this is what moved them to get into VR or who finally purchase a VR headset. Uh, granted, other people who maybe can't afford the index have gone out and purchased a Rift S as their first headset, etc. So... The announcement alone has elevated uh, VR into the limelight. It's gotten people to, who have been on the fence to purchase it. It's going to be amazing. And but, but Valve knows this. Valve knows that when they come out with this game in March 2020, it's got to be good, right? I mean, how all the VR haters, 
if this game's not good, are going to lose their mind, right? And just saying, I told you so, and it could bury VR, right? It would be a devastating blow for VR. So VR, know, uh, Valve knows they have a lot writing on it, which is why I'm convinced it's going to be amazing. And I think it's going to be a huge turning point for VR. So I'm super, super excited. Uh, I was looking today uh, on the Steam page, and there's a message that's saying that there's no guarantee. It's probably depends on the region you're living in, but there's no guarantee that if you order an index, it will arrive before Christmas. So uh, they're selling well, uh, obviously due to the announcement. Also, it was just uh, became available in Canada. I think it was last week. So all the Canadian, our Canadian friends who've been waiting to order an index have finally been able to do so. Um, it's just a really good, exciting time for VR. And I think this is going to be the moment when VR sort of takes that turning point, right? Of course, it takes a few years when some, a new technology to gain momentum for games to come out for it. But this is going to be a, a monumental event in VR history when you have one of the most anticipated games ever. So, right, the next, uh, the next Half-Life. People talk about, oh, it's been 12 years since a Half-Life game. Well, I, I say it's been 15 since a Half-Life game. Uh, episode 2, which is DLC add-on, right? Another an episode in the Half-Life 2 series came out 12 years ago. But Half-Life 2 came out 15 years ago. So this is a long-awaited game. Uh, this is a banner game. Can you tell that I'm excited? I mean, seriously. Uh, to kind of put my money where my mouth is, I'm ready to order an index. And if you've been following this podcast for a while, I've hemmed and hawed. Uh, because of lack of content, but uh, maybe the price a little bit, but mostly because of hardware issues. Well, you know, some of those issues have been resolved, like the sick click. It looks like they still have the drift, but that be damned. Uh, I'm going to order an index because I want to play uh, Half-Life Alex on the hardware that it was designed for. Now, it will run on Windows Mixed Reality. It will run on Rift S, and I'm sure it will be good. But look, Valve designed it for the index so that's how i want to play it so i'm ready i've had money in pocket since the index came out i've been waiting for the right moment i realize that with my luck i'll get it uh i'll play it for a few months and right before half-life alex comes out uh, i'll probably have uh stick drift <laughs> and then i'll be in rma hell for a couple months so i know i know i know how life works i've been around the block a few times but whatever i'm excited Happy to support Valve. Happy to, to upgrade my VR experience a little bit. I'll still have the Samsung Odyssey. I'm still going to keep that for um, you know certain games uh, for comparison purposes. Maybe the, that's the uh, headset that I use to work out in because I really love the kind of faux leather or leather, whatever that system has. I, I, I love that fact, right? So one of my concerns with the uh, Index was that uh, it's this sort of this cotton t-shirt fabric foam, and it's just going to absorb sweat and get super nasty. And I don't, I don't sweat. A, I don't really sweat when I play a normal VR game, but I play VR workout exercise games. And of course that thing's going to be a mess. So good news is that VR cover, uh, just last week released a, uh, like a faux leather version for, uh, the valve index. So I've got that on order as well. So next episode, Hopefully I can give you guys, maybe maybe we'll do a special review of the Valve Index and I'll talk about how the cover is, if the cover's any good, things like that. So I'm excited. The only thing, the only reservation that I have is that 
I super hate how the Valve Index is shipped not only through FedEx, whatever. I don't I don't have a problem with FedEx. I, I see so many bad things written about them though, uh, in Reddit and online. But here's the thing with ordering the uh, Valve Index. So you got to order it from Valve, and it ships via FedEx. Well, that's not a big deal. The problem is Valve has made it so that if I'm not home to sign for it, then normally when I get a package from FedEx, it would get shipped to the local FedEx store, which is only a few blocks from me, and I can go and pick it up, right? But Valve has elected to make that not an option. It's just absolutely not an option. So when I order the index, I have to physically be home to sign for it, or I can potentially put a, a letter on my door saying, leave a $1,000 headset on there. No way in hell am I going to do that. Problem is, I'm a professional, and I have meetings almost every day on my calendar, so it's hard for me to, to work from home, but I got to kind of time it uh, when I when I know that I have maybe some days that I don't, don't have a lot of meetings or something, and I try to get home for it. So that's going to be fun. That's super fun. I would have the index already. I made a decision as soon as Half-Life Alex was announced to get it. The only reason I haven't done it is because I've been out of town for the holidays, and I'm looking at my work calendar, and I have meetings all throughout the week that I can't get away and sign for it. And there's no one here during the day. Please don't come and steal my shit. But that's that's the that's the reality we live in. It's stupid. It's annoying. Um, and it's delaying me getting my new toy for Christmas. But all in all, life is super good. First world problems when I'm trying to get my Valve Index. I'm excited for all this. This is awesome. It's been an incredible year. I have right now in my Steam library and also Oculus more games than I can possibly play it. I have bought a bunch of games. I just don't have time to play them. And I do a decent amount of gaming. So uh, that's pretty remarkable. And I've been in uh, VR for the last two years. So it's not like I'm new and trying to get through everything. This is awesome. Tell your friends. Show your friends over the holidays. Let's, uh, let's get some converts. Do everybody a favor and show them what VR is all about. So here's, here's some commentary. In other words, what does this mean for VR? Right? What does Half-Life Alex mean for VR in general? Well, we already talked about it selling a lot of headsets, which is which is definitely good. We talked about it being a turning point. My question is, and, and I've talked about this in the past, and I've said in the past that if a AAA game comes out right now, because there's not, the AAA content's almost non-existent. Big, polished, you know, games that have been worked on by large teams, that have been in the works for years, are, are pretty much non-existent. So, if a studio releases a game that is, you know, 10, 12, 15 plus hours, polished, AAA, good game, they're going to crush it. You know, it's not like when a AAA game comes out for uh, consoles, right? Because there might be five other AAA games that month that have come out from consoles and it's going to compete against all these other games. Right now, you release a AAA game, you're like the only game in town, right? And you're going you're gonna to get all the sales from these headsets. So it's... Uh, it's an interesting time. I'm, I'm, I've got to, I've got to say that you, you got to think that with uh, Half Life, Alex coming out in VR, that other game studios have taken notice and and are having meetings and saying, look, we've got to get into this VR game, right? There, it's going to sell a lot of units. Valve is going to put out a great game. People are going to be hungry for more content. But when you have a AAA game. It takes a long time to make it. It takes years. So my question is, what are the other AAA games coming out? Uh, my guess is that Valve's going to want to release another game within a year or a year from the release of Half-Life Alex. so maybe in, in 2021. I know they're making three games is, is what they stated, so we'll see. Uh, 
but there needs to be more content. So hopefully this is the catalyst. I think this is the catalyst for other companies getting into VR, larger companies, larger games. The, the question right now is just what is the runway for that? You know, are these games going to come out in 2020? Probably not. It seems that we, we know about games that are in development like uh, Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, which looks fantastic. It's a game that has maybe 10 to 15 hours of content. Looks really good. I'm excited that's coming out in January. So, But what outs, what after, and how long are the main questions that I have at this point. It remains to be seen, and, and we'll, uh, we'll stay on that. All right. Well, that is the news for this episode. Um, not that other things didn't happen in the last month, but I feel like it just pales in comparison to the Half-Life Alex. wanted to focus on that. And, my, and we got a lot of reviews to get through, so I'm, I'm not looking to have a two-hour episode. So let's move along. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's move this party along and go right into reviews, starting with the promised review from last month, Asgard's Wrath. This is from San Zaru, uh, is the company. came out on October 10th, uh, 2019. It's $39.99, and this is an Oculus game, so you can't get through Steam. Uh, you need to get through Oculus. However, if you don't have a Rift or Rift S, you can play it on your Index or Windows Mixed Reality or Vive uh, by Cosmos through Revive. So fear not, I'm playing this on my Samsung Odyssey. And um, for the most part, it, it works well. We'll talk about that. I, I had uh, some jank, which I talked about last episode. But uh, let's talk about the overview and the objective of the game. So this game takes place in the kind of Viking mythology. So you've got Thor you got Loki, kind of the main character that you interact with, Loki. He kind of guides you through the game. You are a original god. You're, you're an animal god, which I don't think that exists in that uh, mythology, so they made it up for the game. And what you can do is, as a god, you can possess other human beings, and uh, you can also create animal followers. Um, you know, I, I, I struggled to try to say what this game is like because I've heard people say God of War. I've not played that game. Uh, maybe the closest thing I can get to is Skyrim, but it's not like Skyrim because it's not this massive open world game. It's more like, um, yeah, there's multiple locations, but it's more like restricted levels almost. And yes, you can go to level to level kind of at will. Um, you know, maybe it's more Diablo-esque, right? Diablo's not an open world. It's more of kind of a structured. So it's it's like Diablo if Diablo was like first person in that sense, in the, the structure of the level. Um, what's really cool about it is that there's various characters in the game. So you start off um, possessing this female character, and um, maybe you, you play with her for about three hours roughly. Um, that sort of serves as a t- t- uh, the tutorial. doesn't feel like a tutorial, don't worry, but just kind of gives you new abilities and explains the games as you, as you go along the way before it kind of cuts you loose. Uh, so that's really cool. The fact that there's, I don't know, maybe eight different followers, something like that. There's a lot of them. I haven't gotten through all of them. I've probably played this game for 12 hours. I don't know because it doesn't keep track because I'm not playing through the Oculus Store. Uh, but I'm on the fourth character that you can possess. So so pretty pretty deep into the game. you got to say about halfway through, something like that. Um, and that's what you're doing. So you 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 have like a quest. It's sort of like you have like a main quest and just get through this and get through that. There's some side quests that are more or less maybe like challenges or objectives, but that that's it. Like Loki might say, go retrieve this. So you, you play through these levels. There's an end boss. You retrieve it and then you return it to Loki 
and then something else happens. You got to get like Thor's hammer or something like that. And then now you're possessing another character. Um, the kind of the, the landscape has changed because you're in a different part of the world. Uh, you're a different character, different characters, got different personality, different weapons, different follower and so on. Uh, the strength of this game is the fact that it gives you these different characters to play as. That's what makes it interesting. If I was the original character all throughout the game, it's not that it would be a bad game. It would still be fun, but I'm kind of excited to see, okay, what are the other characters? What are the other lands that I'm going to go to? What are the other followers and their abilities? And the followers, the these kind of animals that you pos- – um, that when I say follower, there's kind of these uh, animals that you um, control. So one of them's a bear, one of them's a, a turtle, and they all have kind of special abilities that help you solve puzzles, which is another main component of the game. So as you're playing through, there's maybe like um, like the shark uh, to open a gate. There's, um, I don't know, uh, like a chain that he has to kind of jump on. So you got to order him to do that, and then the gate opens. They're the easiest puzzles you can kind of imagine. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna get stuck in this game. I have not gotten stuck. Knock on wood. But I kind of like that. I kind of like it. I, I, I'm not looking for heavy or deep puzzles. I just want to progress through the game and enjoy it. The puzzles are there to, for kind of pacing, so you just kind of don't blow through the level and to offer some variety. Um, and then there's combat. So we covered sort of the characters. We covered the fact that you create followers and, and, and animals. We covered puzzles, and then there's enemies that you fight. Um, a lot of times the fights are kind of this ringed circle, so you're restricted to this area. Your follower can also participate in combat, but I find that it's almost a hindrance sometimes. We'll kind of talk about that. Uh, but the way the combat works is it's kind of like a blocking and pairing system. So you can have a sword, you can have a shield, and what you got to kind of watch for the enemy attacks because most of the enemies have this runic armor, and you really can't damage or defeat them until uh, you destroy their armor. And the way that works is every time you parry or block an attack, their rage meter goes up, and once it's full, they'll do kind of like this power super attack. And when you parry that, you can't just block it with your shirt. You have to block it with your sword. So you got to really watch their movement. When you parry that, you'll stun them, and then you can go up and start um, slashing them. And some enemies have more armor, so it takes longer to break it. Some enemies have one. But once you break that armor, then you can kind of go to town just attacking the enemy. I really like the combat in this game. It's not, you know, your sword can pass through the enemy character. You got to swing hard enough. It's not like, um, what is that game? Blade and Sorcery or whatever. It's not a, a heavy, like, physics, 3D physics game where your, your sword feels super realistic. Um, it's more or less like, I don't want to call it quick time events because it's not, but you just got to kind of have your sword in the right position. But it, it feels good. I find very engaged in combat. Like, when combat starts, I naturally kind of go into this combat stance with my legs, and I kind of bend down, and I'm really hyper-focused and ready, and I like that. Um, it's combat's very smooth in this game. It just makes sense. It feels good. It's engaging. Even though I've been playing this game for 12 hours, I still enjoy the combat. Even though a lot of the enemies are the same, I still enjoy the com- the combat in it. It's good. Um, I can't really imagine them doing it better, to be honest. And when you finish the enemy off, depending on how you swipe the sword you get kind of a cool animation sometimes of it cutting the body in half. And it's pretty good and pretty convincing. Uh, I think they did a phenomenal job with it. 
And again, with different characters, you'll get different weapons to use, although most of the time, I mean, you're just kind of dealing with a sword and you're parrying and blocking. Um, there are like bows and arrows, but it just kind of doesn't really work with the game or use it that much. Like I, because you got a parry, I'm not really sure how um, using a bow and arrow works, so I just stuck with a sword. Other things uh, in combat, sometimes you got to do a dash move where you kind of move to left and right, but but that's it. There's a lot of rinse, wash, repeat. So uh, you're controlling a, a human being, you're a god, you're possessing him. You can convert a follower, an animal, to help help you in combat, but mostly to solve puzzles. Then you're doing combat. And then as you progress kind of through the end of the quote-unquote level or world, you're doing a boss battle. Um, there are other puzzle situations where you can kind of come out of your, your your human form and you go into god form and you've got to manipulate objects in, in a certain way as part of kind of the, the puzzle in the game. So that's cool. And also uh, on certain levels, you get to get into your god form and actually fight another god or have like a boss battle that way. So there's a lot of variety in that. I think, that, again, the strength of the game is is the variety in followers, characters, how it maybe has you in and out of god form. I'm like I look forward to saying okay what's next what's what's next it's a good carrot and stick mechanic that this game has because I want to see uh, what's in there so we're going to go down the line of the um, attributes of this game so starting with graphics this is the uh, you guys say it's got to be the most beautiful game in VR right now the textures are very well done as you might have heard it's over uh, 100 gigs in space that it requires because of the high res textures so they look really good. Um, no complaints there. I, I I find myself comparing to Skyrim. It's not like you can look at a mountain in a distance and walk towards it and climb it. And some of the vistas and landscape in Skyrim, even though it's an older game, even though the textures are lower, are sort of more impressive in the world. Um, and this world's a little more confining, but it still looks really good. Um, it still looks, it's the best texture resolution. They did a fantastic job. And maybe I need to learn to stop and smell the roses a little bit more in this game and just appreciate what, what's there instead of, trying to solve the next puzzle or trying to get into the next point of combat. All right. The sound of this game, the sound is good. It gets the job done. There's not a ton of dialogue. The um, There's really next to no NPCs that you can go up and talk to, say for Loki or, um, you know, you could buy armor and you can buy herbs and potions. But even with those characters, you don't really talk to them. So most of the dialogue comes from Loki and to me, that's fine. I don't need a ton of dialogue in a game or a dialogue-heavy game. Uh, your characters that you inhabit will talk sometimes, kind of lending and, and giving them personality. Uh, sort of like the, this dark elf that you get to play as. He's a thief, so he's talking, he's talking about getting his product or stealing stuff. That's interesting enough. Um, the sound and the music in the game, it's very reminiscent of Skyrim. I mean, you... You could, you could have, they could have taken music from Skyrim Throne in this game. I wouldn't have noticed, right? It's, it's very, it's, it's very samey, which is good, which is to say, good. Um, the sound is good, but it, I never once stopped and was like, oh man, this sound is so amazing, right? Like it's not like that. It's not to this level where I'm like, huh, I'm really impressed by this sound. And I think, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think sound is super important in VR, and it can lead to the level of immersion. And they did a good job. It's not bad. It gets the job done, but it's not amazing, right? I think that's fair to say. Uh, we kind of talked about controls. You can move with, uh, I always play moving with the thumbstick on my Windows Mixed Reality controller. Um, if there's objects, if you get kind of close enough, you just sort of grab it. Like you don't have to 
if it's on the ground, you don't have to literally get down on the ground and grab it. You just kind of got to get close enough and aim at it, and you'll get into your inventory. So it's fine. It, it, it works. I had a issue where they patched the game, and they kind of changed how uh, the controls work uh, with the smooth movement. It's, it's this weird hybrid that they do that's kind of head-based and also maybe controller-based. They just they just kind of messed it up, and they kind of I'm not saying pissed me off, but they they kind of they t- kind of took a step back, which I think they're gonna fix. So by the time you you play it, if you haven't played it already, it should be better. But yep, the controls are good, they work, um, no issues there, especially considering I'm playing a Windows Mixed Reality through Vive on an Oculus uh, game. The uh, level of immersion, I think they do they do a good job with the level of immersion. Again, there's the, the, the story element of the game is not super strong. It's not like Skyrim strong where there's so many characters and you get maybe invested in characters or, you know, there's no emotional component to this game. I'm sort of just playing it to get to the next part. Uh, the world's beautiful. The sound is, is good. I love combat. So that's, I think, where immersion uh, shines. So the combat's really good. I feel very immersed during combat. Um, you will manipulate some objects here and there, but... There's a lot of things in the game that you can't just go up and touch or pick up or move. So it's better than a lot of games. You know, it's better than like a 2D game converted over to uh, VR, but it's not like a hundred percent everything in the game you can interact with. So good immersion probably could be better. I think we'll see better games over time. So how would I wrap this game up? Well, this has got to be the longest game that was built up for VR, the most polished triple-a game uh this is an, a no-brainer you should definitely go out and buy it unless you hate this style of game uh, it's totally worth it you're gonna easily get your money's worth i'm gonna be playing this game probably for months at this point because there's so many other games i'm trying to play at the same time there's a lot of content here and i'm also not looking to kind of blow through this game i want to enjoy it as i go along so this game out of uh let's see here's my rating system uh zero to two is don't wish this game on your worst enemy Three to five is we all make mistakes. Six to eight is a solid game. And nine to 10 is buy it. So this is definitely a buy it. And I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, the only knocks on it, obviously, I think the sound could have been amazing and it's just good. Um, there are things I talked about in the last in the last uh, uh, podcast that's worth bringing up if you didn't hear that. And that's when the game launched. And I think it's still the case that there's very limited options in terms of um, changing some of the graphical settings in the game, which has led to problems, which has led to me playing in the INI files. So I've gotten through that. I've gotten over it. But you might have some issues in trying to get the game to look like you want it to look. And I think at this point, first of all, any PC game, I've got to imagine that th- there should be a flood of options to kind of go through in terms of tweaking shadows on, off, like um, if you want to have uh, a TIAA on or temporal anti-aliasing, whatever TAA, you know what I mean. Uh, and this game just has you pick options from like graphic quality, high, medium, low, epic, right? It's just it's too basic. And with all the variations of PCs out there and equipment, you got to get more options, and that's led to some some issues. Again, I've got it dialed in, but I had to go to Discord and copy INI files and spend a lot of time researching it to get my game running perfectly and, and looking beautiful. Um, there's a lot of stuttering and jank for people. I had that issue happen as well, and it's not just a revive thing. So um, if you haven't gotten the game, you're probably going to get a better experience by the time the second patch drops, which I, I believe they're they're slated to give you more graphical options. So that's a good thing. But this game is a 9, 9 out of 10. Great game. Run out and buy it. You're going to love it. 
this will definitely tie you over until Half-Life uh, Alex comes out. All right, moving on. Next game is Pistol Whip. What a heck of a month, man. Pistol Whip is, uh, I, it's been an anticipated game. It's by Cloudhead Games. Came out November 7th this year, and it sells for $24.99. Best way to describe this game is it's like super hot and maybe Beat Seeper had a baby. Not a, a great, uh, not the best description, but it is like super hot. And if super hot became a rhythm game, how about that? That's pretty good. So, uh, and it also has a lot of John Wick esque influence to it. I'd say. So imagine this: you you've got up, you've got your pistol. You only need one controller for this. And uh, even though you you could do, I guess, a modification where you used to, but one controller, one gun, and you're moving ahead through these levels, right? It moves you on your own, so there's there's no movement you got to do. And these sort of like super hot-esque guys appear, these kind of silhouette villains. And um, they kind of appear in beat with the music. And you want to shoot them into uh, with, with the beat and rhythm of the music because that's how you, you score. So the most you can get uh, when you shoot a shot at somebody is 200 points. And you get those 200 points if... Uh, your aim is, is kind of right on, all right? Because it has like aim assist. You don't have to, um, you don't have to have perfect aim. And there there is an option to turn off aim assist in dead eye mode. And that is frustrating. You don't want to play that game. I, I don't, you don't want to play that way. I don't. Um, so the less aim assist that's used, you get more points. And if you do it in beat with the music, you get more points for a maximum of 200 points. And that's it. Some uh, enemies have more armor to them and they take more shots. Uh, there's obstacles in the path that will have you ducking or moving your body, you know, left or right to try to dodge a pillar. Um, and the bullets themselves, the enemy, your, your bullets fly at like normal speed. The enemy's bullets travel slower so you can dodge them and they'll have like an indication of which way they're coming. So you just kind of, you're constantly kind of moving your body around, uh, dodging bullets, being very fluid. It's a nice game for a good workout. And, um, that's, that's a pistol whip in a nutshell. And also, you can punch the guys, hence Pistol Whip. So, great game. There's uh, 10 scenes, as they're called, or levels, if you will. Uh, they just announced a few days ago that an additional level, level is coming out for free in December. I think it's December 16th, so looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that is Pistol Whip. So, let's go down the line. Graphics. Graphics are, like, super hot. Sorry to have to keep on comparing it to that, but they are, in a way on steroids. Um, I really like kind of these silhouetted outlines of a level to kind of maybe take you through like a bank heist or through an alleyway, right? It's, it's, it's simple, but stylized so that it looks good. It feels good. It makes sense in VR and it's going to run good on your computer. I think they, they nailed it. It's hard to imagine them doing a better job with this game. So I, I love the stylized graphics in it. The sound now, the sound of the game is, is mainly the music that they've chosen. I think the tracks are really good. They're not tracks that like I would listen to or, or like in my car, per se. But in the context of this game, uh, it makes a lot of sense. I think they're perfectly chosen for this game in the context of the game. In some ways, it reminds me a little bit of like the soundtrack from Hotline Miami. So it might be uh, a vague or a niche reference for some people, but... That's a little bit of vibe I get, but it just works. It works with this game very well. Most songs are like 
two minutes, 45 seconds, three minutes long. There's one like five minute uh, long song and that determines how long the scene is that you're playing through. So, you know, be aware for the, the longer ones are going to be uh, a little more active and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe a little more sweaty. So the controls in the game are, are again, basic. You can just play this game with one controller. Um, you're, you're ducking and you're dodging and you're swaying and you're trying to avoid getting hit by bullets. So here's a pro tip. What I didn't realize immediately and that's, um, the, the hit detection is your head. So the bullets can hit your body cause you don't, you don't have a body. You're just like a floating gun. The bullets can hit where you think your body is and you don't take damage. It's only when your head gets hit. And that goes the same for obstacles or pillars in the game. Just lean your head to the extreme far left or right, right? I mean, your, your body or your head. As long as your head isn't getting hit, you're safe. All right, but those are controls. It works out good. Immersion. Totally feel immersed in the game. You Anytime I put somebody in this game, they're like ducking, diving to the floor, right? Very immersed, trying to dodge the bullets. Very engaging game. All right, last ability. Last ability is pretty good. I At first, I thought, okay, this game's $25, right? And there's only 10 levels. Uh, that's not enough content. However, they've kind of perfectly structured the difficulty in this game. So I started off on normal, beat the games, beat the levels on normal. Um, you know, there's leaderboards. So basically you're trying to get uh, up on the leaderboard and increase your score. So you'll play these levels over and over again. And then when you're ready, you get to move on to hard and do the same again. And there's a bunch of hard levels that I haven't beat yet in the eight hours of play that I've put into this game. And I want to go back in and I want to keep on playing. So I, I, I take back my original thought in my head that there's not enough levels for the price. And while I always do want more, I think the last ability in this base game is good. It's nice that it's going to be coming out with an 11th scene slash level in a couple weeks. So that helps. And it looks like there's going to be more content dropping. I don't know if it's going to be free or if it's going to be like DLC, but you're gonna get you're gonna get a solid ten hours out of this game if you're chasing it easily. I'm at eight right now. and I want to play more, and I have fun showing this game to people. It's one of those games that if you have somebody new to VR, great game to put them into um, to kind of just demonstrate how cool it is. It will it will win people over. So uh, on my scale of rating, this is definitely another buy it. So back to back buy it. This is a nine out of ten. I think a ten out of ten would be if it launched with like I don't know twenty scenes, right? Just just so much content, so many levels. That's what it would put that at. I should mention that I've had an issue with this game. Something really weird happened where after five hours of gameplay, and this was over a period of like maybe two weeks, I got the game on launch. My game started hitching sort of when I would fail and try to restart a level. Like it would lock up for a second. My headset would even go black. Really weird. And it looks like maybe it's only happened to a few other people. So I've got maybe this really minor rare bug. I think I fixed it by reinstalling the game and deleting like the registry key and, and stuff like that. But really odd, really weird. So hopefully it doesn't happen to anybody else. It doesn't seem widespread, but I, I had to mention it. I'm not going to knock it because of that because I think I've got it under control. But that's Pistol Whip. Highly recommend. Great game. All right, now we're going to move into the review section of the asymmetrical games that I mentioned Again, I'm highlighting these because I played them over the Thanksgiving break uh, with family. I was looking for some games that family members could play while I'm in VR, so it becomes a more social thing. And the two I landed on were Panoptic and the game Fast and Low. So we'll start off with Panoptic. Panoptic is made by Team Panops, 
I'm saying that correctly, came out on May 16th of this year, and it is sold for $14.99. This is a asymmetrical game of hide-and-seek. So the person playing on the computer monitor is controlling this uh, character that looks like these dozens or hundreds of other characters in the game. The player in VR is like this floating head um, and is the overseer and is trying to find who the 2D other player is, who the uh, flat screen other player is, who that character is. And uh, once they find who that character is, they can shoot a laser beam out of their eye or head and hopefully destroy the computer player. The computer player is trying to get to these energy nodes, if you want, uh, whatever you want to call them. And you know, it, it depends. On one level, I think, on maybe the first level, there's only one energy node. On other levels, there's several of them. So they're walking around these these maps, trying to just kind of graze or walk past the energy node, and that will trigger the end of the game, and the computer player wins. So let's go to graphics. Graphics in this game, I think, are very well done. In some ways, it, it, they're simplistic, and in some ways, they're absolutely beautiful. I think, um, especially in VR, these environments that they created are really cool, really interesting, really unique. Um, as my brother who was playing with me said, I just want to take a moment to kind of appreciate being in this environment. He just likes looking around in it. So that was a nice compliment. You can kind of get down in VR and get close to some of the, um, the structures within this area that you're in. Um, you're like in a closed area as a floating head. And you actually move around your play space. So as you try to get closer to something or far away from something or try to zoom your head in on what you think is the computer player to, to zap them, um, it's very cool, very good graphics. Uh, without being super intense because, again, when you're playing on one computer, it's got to render to the VR headset and also on the screen because the screen has a totally separate viewpoint. Um, and the screen player, they basically see like a first-person view as they're making their way through these. Uh, it's almost like a maze. Uh, the sound, I, I, I love the sound in this game. The sound and the music is kind of just very chill, kind of atmospheric music that just kind of meshes well with this world, this tiny world that the developers created. This is a team of three developers. And I think they did a fantastic job with this. I, I love the sound choice in it. Kind of chill kind of relaxed, um, very good. But then those relaxed moments are punctuated by the zap of the overseer's laser beam locking on to a suspected uh, character. And uh, it, it kind of has these moments where you're just sort of on edge, especially for the uh, um, the uh, computer flat screen uh, uh, player who is just kind of trying to hide, trying to blend in, trying not to be noticed. Uh, the controls, as mentioned, so the computer player is using mouse and keyboard. You know, you've got the usual movement as in any first-person uh, game. Uh, the VR player controls are very basic. They, uh, you use your head to sort of aim the laser beam, and you squeeze the trigger, and that will kind of focus that beam and, and to zap a character. And you can also squeeze both the controllers at a time to bring open this kind of scanner and you can kind of pan around the area, and the scanner will alert you where the uh, flat screen player has been like a few seconds ago. So it can help you kind of narrow down where that other player is. I think the immersion is really good. Like I said, the immersion is tied to 
uh, the graphics, the sound. There's some uh, kind of trigger warnings or sound warnings in the game, so such as when the flat screen gamer activates a node, you'll get a sound kind of like uh, alerting you that that's happened. There's these uh, NPCs called watchers that will help detect the computer flat flat gamer that you're competing against. So again, you're sort of trying to pay attention to some of these key sounds in the game to help guide you. Uh, just really, really good. I, I like this world that's been created in there. It makes a lot of sense. So last ability, there's, I think right now there's uh, either four or five levels and they're very replayable. You can play them over and over again. They actually require you to play a few times, especially when you're on the, the flat screen to try to understand how to get to the nodes because it could be a little confusing and what paths you got to take to get there. I know every time I was playing on the computer screen, it's I, I kind of got lost several times. I didn't know where to go. So replaying the maps helps. Um, the last ability is also tied to the fact that you can you can take turns. You know, like I'll be in VR. My, my brother was on the uh, flat screen. Then we would switch. We'd go back and forth. And then we played other levels. And we would just kind of go through levels and, and take turns on each. So good last ability in that sense. Um, good, good fact that it has four or five levels. It sounds like they're making more. I think my one criticism there would be that it needs maybe to be gamified a little bit. Like I feel like there should be like a scoring system. So um, maybe there could be something like you get more points for the quicker that the flat screen computer gamer can get all the nodes and escape successfully, right? And give that player a score and give the overseer a score. Then you can swap positions so that the flat screen gamer is now in VR, VR players now in flat screen and, and and controlling the person who's trying to hide and then give a score for that. And then you can compare against how you did against your friend or family, right? I think that's uh, I think that's what this game needs. It's not gamified because right now you sort of just, you do your thing, you either find the other player or the other player gets all the nodes and then it ends. It would be nice if there's a way to kind of compare performance and give you kind of an incentive to try to do better every time you play. Uh, that's, that's all it needs. So right now, I'll say one more thing about the graphics. I, I played this game on my 2080, and when I was home, I played this game on my uh, parents' computer, and they had a 1080 Ti, and um, the frame rate in VR is not perfect 90 frames per second, especially on the, on the 1080 Ti that I played on. I don't know what the CPU is, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, the, it was a little bit, little bit of a stutter, not game-breaking, anything like that. I just don't know how well this is going to perform on, like, I don't know. Uh, on, uh, anything lower than a 1080 Ti, you could try it and always, uh, you know, return it is through Steam. But I, I definitely recommend this game as a game to play with other people. It's, it's, it's pretty engaging. It's pretty cool. It's an easy enough game for anybody to hop into VR and, and understand and appreciate. And VR veterans like myself will, will have a lot of fun uh, with this kind of asymmetrical gameplay. I'm gonna give this uh, 7.5. So that falls. Um, on the higher end, I'd say, of the solid game. It's a solid game, uh, maybe more levels, but definitely gamifying it in some way, like, you know, adding score, giving... It, it just needs a little bit more. It needs a little bit more development, maybe a little more things for the um, computer player to do. I mean, the computer player can run and, and jump a little bit, but needs a little bit more, guys. And then uh, this game would be, uh, would go up in rating. All right, and finally, the last game on this uh, review marathon is Fast and Low, another asymmetrical game. Fast and Low was made by Urban Giraffe Games, Inc. It came out on June 20th of this year. 
and sells for twenty ninety nine. Uh, this is a, a Panoptic is in early access, and, and, and this game is as well, from my understanding. And this is a game made by a single developer, so keep that in mind. All right, the premise of the game is that you are two cops. One cop is in VR. The other cop is playing on the flat screen computer. And it's people compared this to like the SWAT game. So if you played that, that would make sense. But you know, let's talk about the first level. You're kind of uh, outside this house, and inside the house are enemies and some hostages. So you want to get in the house and neut- either either kill or neutralize, apprehend the enemies. So you have you have the the option of going in there guns and blazing, or you can try to kind of kick open the door and there's a command that says kind of get on the ground and try to get the enemies to surrender and then zip tie them and also secure the uh, hostages. And basically you need to, uh, to, to clear the building that you're in. So the few levels that I have played were uh, a house. Um, actually there's, there's two house levels that I played like a convenience store slash warehouse and a bank. Uh, right now there's eight levels in total. And the developer just posted yesterday that he's going to be working on, um, he's going to be working on, on another level for the game. I guess he tried to make this game online multiplayer. It's not. So the only way you could play this game is, <coughs> excuse me, the only way you could play this game is uh, one person on the computer, one person in VR. Same with Panoptic. Um, of course, with Panoptic and also Steam's new remote play feature, that that changes. I don't think fast and low is, is remote play enabled, although I could be wrong. So I don't think we're going to see multiplayer from this game any anytime soon. And, and certainly not Panoptic. I, good that I mentioned that. Okay. All right. So that's the objective. Pretty simple. Uh, you have some variations in terms of the guns you use. You have like flashbangs or you can use grenades, right? You could play this game solo if you want. Unlike Panoptic, you can't play that, that game solo, which is worth mentioning. This game you can. I think it's probably much, much more difficult to play a solo. Uh, you can either have a kind of computer-controlled assistant where you can kind of kind of guide him and tell him where to go, but I'm, I'm not wasting my time doing that. I bought this game just to play with my uh, brother when I was home visiting family. So that's that. That's the objective of the game. Okay, graphics. Graphics couldn't be any more basic or simple. Think almost like rec room graphics, but maybe even lesser in a sense, which is fine. I mean, it doesn't... It doesn't need to have amazing graphics, and because of the fact that it's got a render to a computer screen as well as VR, you know, it's it's got to function, it's got to work. So, super basic, gets the job done. Nothing to write home about. Um, it's hard to say they're bad; they're just super basic. The sound in the game, the sounds okay. The sound is okay. It sounds like the developer did the voiceovers himself, which is kind of funny. I kind of like it how how basic or simple it is. I like when the enemies. They swear too, which is it's kind of funny, you know. It doesn't sound like these are voice actors doing it, but I, it, it's it goes along with not taking this game super seriously. And I should mention in graphics that there's kind of a gore level to it, even though it's like basic, cartoony style graphics. You could blow a person's head off or arms off or limbs off. So I don't know. I appreciate that. Maybe I'm sick in the head, but you know, it's kind of cool. The controls. I was I was having problem with, with the controls. Um, just didn't. There was a little jankiness on the Windows Mixed Reality, um, which is probably because it's not natively supported. Actually, I'm not sure if it is or not. I was just having some weird issues of trying to get like the commands of like um, hands up to work. I, I kind of figured out I had to push it on the opposite extremes of the wheel pad, but it was functional. 
Um, the developer's still working on, on on some things with the controls, but he's got things implemented like arm swinging if you want to do it that way. That seems really hard to me because you can't really aim down the side of your gun and do that. Um, he's got uh, free locomotion now, which is my preferred way of doing it. I also had I just had trouble with it, like getting him to run fast or going fast. I don't know. Maybe this is a Windows Mixed Reality thing, but there's some jank that it might be because of the Windows Mixed Reality. Okay, immersion. Immersion's not bad. You know, you use your hand to open the door. Uh, you can have like uh, stun grenades, which you kind of throw um you know you got to reload your weapon it's not like pavlov style but there's 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 some level of interaction there um yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good it's pretty good last ability last ability i i think is uh last ability is pretty good as well you got eight maps now after you beat the eight maps though I don't know if there's a reason to go back and play it unless you're going to play with me like some other friends, right? So once my brother and I beat these eight maps, and I think we've, we've beaten three of them, I don't know why we would play this game again. So I think we've already got a couple hours worth out of it, so that's pretty good. They're not easy maps to get through, right? So you kind of got to learn where the enemies are, and sometimes I, th I think there's some random... Yeah, there's some randomness to where they appear, so it's not the same thing every time. So you kind of got to feel out the level so you're going to die a lot right this game is, this game is tough but i think it's fair you're going to die a lot because you're learning it and then you learn from your mistake and you try again you try again and eventually you're going to get it so you're going to get several hours out of this game maybe i don't know an hour per map might be generous so maybe at least five hours out of it i think the price is pretty high for some some of the jank to it and you know eight levels isn't bad but yeah, you know, you got to kind of weigh in the price. Again, the only reason to get Panoptic and Fast and Low is if you are committed to the idea and want to play VR with a friend in the same room. You know, you just have yeah one headset, you got a computer, your computer can uh, run these games, great. The other complaint about this game is that even though the graphics are simple and basic and uh, far more basic than Panoptic, this game didn't run that great. Like I was getting maybe on the 1080 Ti, like, I don't know, 67, 70 frames per second. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't super smooth. Now I understand it's asking a lot to render to a screen and also VR headset, but because the graphics were so simple, I was surprised that it didn't run better. So I think there's some optimization work that needs to be done on this game. Uh, all that said, I had a lot of fun. Like I'm, I, I'm looking forward when I go to visit my family during Christmas playing this game and beating it with my brother. And uh, because of that, I'm going to put it in the solid game category at a 6.5. So this is the lowest game I rated today, but it's still solid. It's still fun. You can decide based on your situation. If Again, if you're hungry for these kind of asymmetrical games, I think you're going to have fun with it. Uh, just be prepared to return it if you don't have a high-end graphics card. I don't know how it's going to run. I don't know if it's just not optimized or if it just requires like a beast of a computer. So, you know, take advantage of the fact that it's a Steam game and you get two hours of play before you have to decide if you're going to send a game back or not. All right. This is uh, one of my longer episodes. It was fun. Like I said, really exciting. Hope you found some value in, in, uh, in it. If you want to show some love and support, please consider leaving a review on iTunes so that more people can hopefully find out about this podcast. I posted it on Reddit uh, a few weeks ago, just kind of raising raising my hand and saying, hey, I exist. I'm out here. Here's a, another podcast to listen to. And uh, the feedback I got 
from that for the people who listened was good. So if you're joining me from there, I'm glad you uh, glad you found me. Uh, glad you're enjoying it. Thank you so much. Hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Have a nice holiday season, Christmas, New Year's, all that good stuff, whatever you celebrate. I will probably catch you in the early next year. Take care.